Hello and welcome back to the Dungeons and Dragons Podcast UK. My name is Yasmin and I will be the DM. Hi, my name's Samantha. I play Laura Greyvale, a sorcerer from Nefalia. Hello, I'm Colin Robinson and I play Cuin de Greymont, a paladin from Gavany. Hi, I'm Ryan and I play Ogvar, a ranger from Kessig. a mug of mead in the mercenary guild, adventurers admit being attracted to the contracts for coin lifestyle. In short order, they sold their skills in exchange for a shiny copper card and mercenary membership. We drop back into things as they are sat in quiet contemplation at the table in the tavern, tankards in hand. Episode 19, Mysterious Merchants. Okay, so the point we left off, you have just received your copper adventuring cards, your contract ladder membership cards. Woo! You're sat in a corner of the guild's uh, kind of pub, restaurant, seating area, bar area. Yeah. And the young lady who had just given you them, she's just walked off. What would you like to do? Oh, what time is it? I'm not sure if we've eaten yet. Uh, so you had your kind of a brunch and then you've been around town, so I'd say it's probably about one o'clock now. Okay, so do we go looking... Well, oh, well, I'm going to tell you about this. Did I tell you about the obnoxious French block? I didn't know. Right, so how, how, how did you two uh, get on? I, I managed to get rid of the uh, uh, the finger blades uh, and a few bits and pieces. I've got a bit of money in the old, old coffers. Um, Excellent. How much did you get for those? Well, I can't remember exactly. Yeah, well, never mind. I'm sure it'll pay for a few bevies, won't it? Oh, yes. Well, we shall, from now on, we shall, uh, I know it's nice to buy each other a drink and etc, etc, but we've got these funds now and they're, they're probably, they're, they're looking actually quite healthy. Um, or reasonably, anyway, so. Oh, so we can dip into party funds then? Oh, yes. Okay, yes, yeah, yes. that's good with me. Uh, unfortunately, I met a... Uh, most good idea. Oh yes, you know, uh, it's spread well. Obviously, if we get too much in there, we can uh, dip in coffers for each of us. But um, yeah, I, I met a rather obnoxious uh, uh, fellow in one of the uh, places I went to sell stuff. And he was very rude and made me a bit suspicious. Was he as rude as that Hallastrike over at oh, the uh, worse than him. Oh really? I yes. thought he was pretty obnoxious myself. No, 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 no. Not, not, a, not a very nice character. No, he was, uh, he, he was sort of basically to him and he said, I don't, I don't serve your type. I your type? You yeah. wouldn't serve a paladin? No. Well, no you're no. from an affluent background. I know. Uh, I shall have a word with uh, Casper. Uh, but oh, fantastic. I'm telling on you. Family. I'm telling on you, yeah. <laughs> Get a go for the family well, you'd mafia. Be, you'd be surprised how influential Casper actually is. Yeah, I actually I do know that, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so I shall uh, 
Let's see if I can get a few digs into that, gentlemen. Well, gentlemen, word. Hmm. Yes. Justice further down the line, then. Oh yes. Well, you know. Uh-huh. Well, you, you managed to sell most of the stuff, still. So. Yes, well, it's a total stock up there. Not a total loss. But nobody wants this whip blade thingy. Well, maybe we can try with that down at the um, the underground arena. Yes, I suppose. So. I'm not I quite sure. Have what, a look at that anyway. I'm not know. quite sure what goes on down there, but it sounds like it might be the sort of place to perhaps offload that. Yes. Uh, probably won't. Uh, Open there, though, until later, by the spot no. I hear. No, it's, it's an evening thing, isn't it, I think. Um, yeah, well, we, we, we went and we met a, a very nice chap, big chap, called Leonard, was it? That was his name, wasn't yes, it? Leonard's Leonard. Leatherwork or something. Um, anyway, he's, he's making us... Um, he's making me a new home that Rowan can, um, can roost in. Oh, splendid! Yeah, so it's it's going to be like a pouch type thing. Uh, give me a little bit more protection. Oh, awesome! Uh, I haven't told Rowan though because he's still asleep. Yeah, yes, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> yes. And and Ogfall, indeed, Ogfall, Ogfall's bought something. Oh yes, yes, sir. And I'll just like tap the side of my nose to like to just like hold up the uh, the uh, the bag butter and the uh, leather care kit. So I'll just like wink and for. Uh, our new acquaintance. Oh, right. Well, okay. So, bag butter. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you've left it out of the bag now, haven't you? Yeah, you've got it. What you got? What you got? We've got nothing. It's all right, Orland. Don't worry. Oh. Okay. Okay, and everyone, roll me a listen check. Mm, listen. Nope. That'll be a seven from Alora. It'd be a 22 all in for Ogbar. Is that a natural? No. And a 17 for me. Okay, and with all that, none of you hear anything. All you hear is the sounds of, you know, the guild, general guild sounds, the sounds you've been hearing for the past kind of half an hour or so. He doesn't hear anything with the 22. He doesn't hear anything with the 22, no. Wow. That's not anything to hear. And you're all having this conversation. When you hear... So, I hear you may have something I'm interested in. And out of nowhere, a man has appeared. And he's pulled a chair and he's sat at your table. Hello. Greetings. Who might you be? I am Seto. Hello there, Seto. I'm Agvar. Alora's kind of stopped mid-sup. And she's just eyeballing this guy over the top of the rim of her mug. So, he's pulled up his chair. And his chair, he's pulled his chair so the back of it's in front of him and he's leaning on top of the chair and you can see that he's wearing uh, a dark navy kind of robe almost he's got a wide black sash tied around his waist and there's all sorts of pockets attached to his sash and he's got this big heavy backpack on his on his back and it looks uh, like a hiking pack it's got a wooden frame and it's stacked high and there's all sorts of bits tied on the outside around it and he's got a large hat on and around the hat there's a thick net kind of veil almost which he's pulled up and when you look at him he's got quite tanned skin he's got dark features dark hair and he's got a small dark moustache and beard and he just looks at you all and goes, So, you wish to sell an exotic item I hear? Then I am the person for that. Do you keep bees? No. Oh, just thought I'd ask. Looking at your hat, looked like you might keep bees. I like honey. 
Oh well, never mind. So, do, do you remember who Sato is? Yes, it's, it's all right. Look, you know those. That's right, this is. What's he lost? Oh, you see. know those things that I bought? Things? That you give you a white one. Yeah. I mean, my black one I have on here. It's under the edge of your top. Oh, it's there. He's been oh. looking everywhere for that. I wonder what he was doing. He was busy <laughs> there for <laughs> ages. <laughs> I just had it. Yes, yes, we've got this. Uh, Masterwork uh, whip dagger. Um, do you know much about it? Of course. Exotic weapons are my speciality. Oh, really? Well, uh, what sort of. Uh, we don't really. Kieran, do you know this guy? I don't know him, no. Do you? I, I have been told that the. the, the uh, I went to. Well, the place where I sold the uh, bits and pieces said there was a, a fellow. No, he's a travelling merchant. Mm-hmm. Said yes. that uh, there was a bloke called Scepter that uh, travelled here and there uh, and, and sold and bought various items. Ah. You know, a bit more exotic. I mean, he was saying that most places around here tend to stick to the normal. Got every day uh, type of stuff. We were stood I see ba- why you might have struggled. We were stood back, so we we didn't hear that part. Well, I didn't hear that part of the conversation. So, oh, yeah, okay. Okay. Yes, uh, you know, he's, you know, he's quite a nice chap that uh, sold, uh, I sold these things to and got a reasonable price as well. So Fabulous. Um, I have a question for Sato. As, as you're talking, he's just sat there kind of lazily smiling at you head tilted on one side and he's just looking at all of you so how did you know that we got something that we might want to sell word goes around on the streets and you were talking about it in the the guild and you know i i I am here and i heard you talking okay fair enough can i get you a drink a drink would be greatly appreciated what would you like an ale or a mead or i'll take whatever comes i'll go and find some so Right, Laura's going to get up and she's going to go to the bar yep. and um, get Sato a drink. Uh, was that a silver case or something? Yeah, uh, uh, skill prices, so it was yeah, uh, 50, uh, one silver, two copper. Okay. Right, so I'll, I'll go and get him a drink. Um, yeah. Disappear. Pay so you disappear off and, you know, you two are left at the table with Sato. And he kind of looks around the corner. Did you have the... You have... Um, no, you have one, don't you? Mm-hmm. He looks around the table and he goes, Ah... It's a rather nice bag you have. Good day, bag. You're right. And Sato just nods. Yeah, yes. Uh, uh, okay. Well, uh, okay. I, I have an eye for goods, you could say. Well, this particular uh, bag is, was a gift, so this definitely won't be going anywhere. Um, yes, we've got this uh, Metalworks whip dagger. Uh, we don't... It's not the sort of thing that I use. You know, I've got me flail. I'm more blunt attack. And Laurie, obviously, is uh, more spells. And of course, Agra is, you know, bows. My bow, my axe. So I was wondering, you know, uh, what you think of this. So I'm going to get it out. Okay. So he holds his hand out. You've, you've returned at this point, taking it. Yeah, I'll come back and I'll put his drink down. Yep, he kind of nods his head graciously towards you and he gives you a smile. And he holds his hand out and he takes the whip in his hand and he starts appraising it and he starts uh, pulling it through his hand, examining the leather work on this whip, examining the dagger tip. He tests it for sharpness against his thumb and he takes a good thorough look at this whip. And... 
So he, he appraises it thoroughly and he quirks, what you see the side of his mouth quirk up as he goes, hmm, this is a fine whip dagger, one of the better ones I have seen. I'd be quite interested to know where you got it from. It is rare to see whip dagger around here. So I offer you 167 gold pieces. Mm, yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Probably. Hmm. What do you think? I was. Well, yeah. Can you round it up to about 175? Yeah. Uh, mm. Roll me a diplomacy check. <laughs> yeah, you just get a candle out, you light it, no, take no, a good no. whiff. No. Diplomacy check. No, I'll do the diplomacy check. Oh, fuck it. Uh, that's another one for you, Dave Wolers. Uh, that's a one with a three to add. That's a four from Alora. Okay, so you go to say round up to 175. And instead of saying round it up, you say round it down to 160. He quotes his lip and he goes, I think you mean round up. I tell you what, I can do 170 gold pieces. I like you guys. You're interesting. Yes. Well, you know, the the smith said it was, uh, you know, not the usual weapon, so... You have the two things where do we uh, rare ability and how good it actually is. Kieran, do you want to actually use this thing? Well, no, not really. No. You then know, do you want to carry it around? Well, we'll shove it in our young friend here and... <laughs> Oi, I'm not young. <laughs> Age is a state of mind, young man. Ha 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 ha. You're not going to charm me with that. I think just let it go. I think so too. Okay, okay, yes. Yeah. Put it into the coffers and uh, we'll be able to get something more useful, suited to one of our abilities. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Okay, okay, right. Well, I will go with the uh, the mass here on this then, and 170 into the joint coffers. Okay, so he takes the whip and he, he rolls it so it's in a, a, a coil and he puts it on his hip. And he pulls out a pouch and he hands you 170 gold pieces. Right, I'll slide that down the table to um, Kirin so Kirin can look after. He takes a good swig of the ale you bought him. And he goes, I do not suppose you are looking for a quest? We, we might be, but um, why do you ask? Hmm. Well, we have just joined the guild. He taps his nose, he goes, I have an eye for quests, you see. Oh, I see. You seem to have a... An eye for many things. I do. I only have two eyes, though. Ha <laughs> ha! <laughs> we may have reached your limit then. Two things. Uh, I suppose you know uh, we're not doing anything exactly at the moment. What, what did you uh, sort of um, possibly have in mind? I hope it's nothing illegal because we're not really that sort. He gives you a grin. He goes, "No, no. This is this is a guild quest." Oh, guild quest. I, I travel around the cities and I am a good acquaintance of the guilds and occasionally I do help with assigning quests. I have an eye for it. Hey, awesome. Uh, yes. And he rolls his hand and he, he kind of, you see his hand, he opens his hand up and he rolls his hand under and he just 
procures a piece of paper like that, seemingly out of thin air. That interests Laura. Yep, and he holds out a piece of paper and he drops it on the table in front of you. Laura's hand's going to go out like lightning. Drag the piece of paper towards her, spin it round, have a look at it. Um, it's kind of a, j- just to describe it, it's kind of a, a piece of parchment, um, a small, a smallish piece of parchment um, with a, a really decorative board around it and um, it's got a, a red wax seal on it as well. So the note reads, the services of grave adventurers are required in main- assisting the maintenance of the Ballantine estate. Interested parties must fulfil the following requirements. Dexterous, capable, versed in the arcane arts, cordial with beasts. Report to the servant's entrance of Ballotine Estate. Reward 100 gold pieces per person and it is signed with a very fancy signature. And in the bottom left corner you can see where one of the guild employees has actually written in some more legible hand. Emmanuel Enoch Ballantine and there's a date on it. Right. So... Laura's just going to drop that on the, the table and push it over to the others so that they can see it, if they want to. While you're looking at this and reading this through, Sato, he grins, he goes, if you are looking for extra coin, that would be the contract for you. Many people in this town do not like Lord Ballantine, but for foreign adventurers, shall we say, it may be a more lucrative option for you. Uh, oh, could you uh, maybe tell us a bit more about this, this family you mentioned, the, the Valentines? They are, they are an old family. They have been in now for many years. The current lord is Emmanuel Enoch Valentine. He is a character, shall we say. Oh, I see. Um, they have an estate in the noble district. Uh, it would be wise not to anger the current lord. They do have particular political power and some monopoly over the markets in Judah. Well, I suppose if we do something for him, that might put us in better stead if we're going to be around here for a little while. He chuckles slightly. He goes, I, I would not rely on that. Mm. For Lord Enoch is as changeable as the sea. Mm. Okay, guys, what do you want to do? Do you want to go earn a bit of coin? Go and see what this quest is? Well, it's not a quest, is it? It's a job. If you want my opinion, just to interrupt, his butler, Andrew, would be the best person to make acquaintance with. Right. Okay. Okay. And you want us to do this? It is up to you. Okay. Do you know anything more about the job? That's for me to know and you to find out. Okay. Well, it isn't. I've already given you some information for free. Uh, right. Well, I see. Right. Okay. He gives you a sharp, like, full... You can see his teeth in this grin. He gives you this sharp grin. And it's almost a little bit predatory. So, uh, I'm taking it if we cross your hand with silver, we will learn more. Perhaps. But not today. Yeah. Okay. Right. Oh, oh, oh fine. Yeah. I'll, I'll go and... I'm happy. I'll go and have a go at this. Yeah, we can see what see what it's about. Yeah, we can all have a go. You know, yes. All so. for one, one for all. That's one way of looking at it. I think we should go find this uh, Sandro first. Yeah. As, uh, right. My friend here has uh, recommended. And, uh, maybe one of you two should uh, keep hold of the letter. It's uh, more your thing. Okay. Right. 
Um, uh, right, with that, I'm going to down and swig down the rest of my um, my drink, put it down on the table, and say, well, there's no time like the present. I'm good for this. We've got a few hours to kill. Let's go and see what this is about, first of all. Okay. Well, bring us onward. Right, so I'm going to push the chairs back and rise up from the table, and... Um, going to find the uh, change to Okay. As you arise from the table, I'm assuming you look towards Sato to say goodbye. Thank yes. you for the information. He's no longer there. His mug is empty. It's been turned upside down. And all that is left is the chair and that on the table. You didn't hear anything. You didn't see anything. He's just gone. Yeah, he moves farther. Oh. Where did he go? I don't know, but he's left this behind. He moves farther swiftly. For, uh, there's, yeah. a, there's a black envelope here. Uh, Kieran, do you want to have a look? I'll pass yes, it down please, to Kieran. Sealed black envelope. Passed it down to Kieran. Okay. Let's open up then. <laughs> uh, uh, I won't use. Uh, luckily, I got rid of my long sword, so I'll just use my dagger to open up. <laughs> yes. Well. Wow. Hey. What is it? Well, obviously, it's a piece, a piece of paper. Of, a piece of uh, parchment or something here. As you open up the parchment, you get a strong smell of green tea and apple. Hmm. Yes. It says, Seto the Travelling Merchant, find me when you need me. Well, right, okay. Yes. Well, is this his business card or what? It must be. Um, I mean, it says uh, various places, you know. Selhof, Grunel, Havendal, all places in between. Blimey, it gets about. Underground, Arena, and the Black Market. Hmm. Safe travel, friends. Uh, oh, okay. Yes, I also sell information. Mm. Mm. Apparently, he does get about. Yes, he's a he's a bit of a character. That's Interesting. Sure. I just couldn't believe, you know, how he quickly he moved with that great big pack on his back. Mm. And, yes. Yeah, there's probably more going on there than you think. Oh well, yes, it's the, there's nothing on the back, you know. Right. Well, it's, we'll, we'll put that into put that along with this, and we'll we'll just keep an out of it. And, Okay, yes. yeah. We shall press on now. Let's uh, put that in the uh, air friend there. Ah, don't worry. Give it here. I'll I'll put it in. I'll put it in with the others. Okay. There you go, young lady. Uh-huh. Thank you, Kieran. I'll look after that. Put that back in there. Yeah, Keep that's it safe. cool. I've got that. Oh, so I've got my pieces of paper. And I'm just gonna. Those so the, the general back. process for accepting quests in the in contract valor was explained to you during this whole process of signing up for the guild and basically what you do is when you've got your contract you go up to the front desk you hand it over they'll accept it and then they'll send you on your way okay right. you i'll get up and i'll wander as soon as i finish my drink i'll wander over to the front desk i'll drop that on the front desk uh, the piece of paper on the front desk to the woman and said um i should just say we we'll We'll take up that quest for you. Okay, names? Names, my name's Laura Greyvale. This is Ogwell Surefoot. And uh, Kieran de Greymont. Wonderful. She takes a piece of paper, she pulls, uh, she looks at the request, uh, the name of the quest, and she scribes it down in the book and she hands the piece of paper back over to you. She goes, well, good luck with your quest. We expect good results. Yeah, well, we'll try not to disappoint. Off you go. Right, so... Thank you very much. Bye. Great. Right. 
So off out of the yep. uh, off out of the guild then onto the street. Do we know where this residence is that we're heading towards? We know what district it's in. But yeah. That's it. When you flip the piece of paper over, there is a crudely drawn map. Right. Well, there's, well, there's a map on the back. So um, we we're headed to uh, the affluent end of town, I believe. Yep. So we'll start wandering back up the street, or I'll start wandering back yeah, up the yeah. street and um, head up towards the more affluent areas. So you head up towards the north entrance and you head back down past the turn up towards the church and you head down along this big six foot wall. Eventually, you've been walking for a while and the weather isn't particularly nice. It's raining, it's a bit cold, you've got a bit of a stiff breeze whipped up, but you come to a gate the gate has got a couple of guards posted on it and as you approach they step out to meet you oh, hello there state your name and business oh hello i'm uh, i'm Avra, and this is my, my traveling friends this is kewin and this is laura we are here the on guild business uh, i'm gonna shuffle in my backpack at this point and i'm gonna produce it and just hold it up he takes a piece of paper from you he looks at the wax seal on it, wax seal on it and he goes well also, all seems in order. Off you go. Don't be causing any trouble now. Where can we find Andrew? Well, he's the butler. He'll be at the state. Okay. Mm. So. And they return back to their positions on either side of this gate, and they they they've opened the gate up. Okay. So I'm going to walk through the gate and start walking up, presumably as a path towards the property. Yeah. Just on my way through, I'm going to say, excuse me, could you possibly put me towards the, uh, the servants' quarters entrance? So this gate, this gate isn't onto the estate. This is just into the rich affluent. Oh, right. Okay. This this isn't a gate. So you go through this gate, and all you see is another street filled with largest larger estates, which have got their own individual walls and okay. their own individual guards. Right. In that case, as we're going through the gate, I'll just say to him, "Where can we find the Balaton estate?" So the guard he turns and he points and he goes, "If you carry on up the road, the symbol on this on this piece of paper here, this symbol, he taps it." You'll see the guards wear the uniform bearing the crest. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you very much. So I'll glance at the other two and sort of roll my eyes slightly, and we'll walk on. Yes, yeah. yeah. one, yeah. So you walk up. Yep. So you've been you walk up, and it's it's not difficult to spot them. There's a pair of guards stood outside the gate, and they are. You've been walking a while. You've gone towards the very like middle of this district here, and there are a pair of very opulent gates they are made of silver they are encrusted with gems you know it's gaudy tacky and these two guards in front they're in highly polished armor they've got the sharpest looking swords and they've got uh tabards on and they're blue tabards and they've got the crest of the ballantine state embroidered in gold on the front right and walk up to uh presumably another set of gates so yes the gates yeah yeah. i'm gonna walk up to them and once again i'm gonna as soon as i've still got this in my hand i'm just gonna hold it up and say we've come about this yeah we're looking for andrew as you've approached they've started to unsheathe their swords but seeing you hold up the piece of paper they pop them back in You'll need the servant's entrance. Servant's entrance, carry on to the left, round this get that round this wall here, you'll reach the servant's entrance. I'll notify Andrew, he'll meet you there. Yeah. Thank you. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Off, off, off oh. So we'll carry on walking round the corner until we get to the service uh, the servant's entrance. Okay, so you walk round and 
you stood in front of this small it's a very small wrought iron gate buried deep in a wall it's a very solid gate um and you're not stood there too long before a man comes out to meet you this man who you can assume is andrew he's tall and he look he's got quite a, a severe look about him everything looks quite clean tidy and in order he's got elegantly slicked back grey hair he carries an umbrella with him as it's raining he has a pair of delicately wired silver glasses hanging from a chain around his neck and his suit is highly tailored and it has silver trimming on the kind of collars and the cuffs and he approaches you good day hello i take it you're andrew yes indeed may i see the proof of contract yeah yeah i'm gonna i still got it in my hand but i'm gonna give it a bit of a shake because it's a bit wet now with it being raining i'm just gonna hold he it he smiles out. at you and he takes it in a gloved hand and he goes Yes, indeed, here you are. And he hands it back and he pulls out a key off a chain in his pocket and he unlocks this gate. And this gate, it creaks loudly. Even though it's a servant's entrance, you think it may be well taken care of, but it just creaks really loudly. And he opens the gate up and goes, if you would follow me, I shall take you to my lord. Okay, thank you very much. Okay. I'm sort of motioned the other two and I'll just take and I'll, I'll walk forward. and. So you, you will walk past him and he greets, he greets you all individually with a nod of the head. And he locks the gate behind you. He goes, I, sorry, I must lock it for security purposes. I hope you understand. Totally understand there. Okay. Yeah, yes. So he leads you through this... It's, a, it's like a bit of garden, basically. And it's got scrubby trees, some rough bushes. This isn't a particularly well-cared-for corner of the estate. It's a servant's area. He leads you up this rough path. And it's got stone stone paving blocks and there's grass grown up in between them and moss and lichen everywhere. So he leads you up to the this old, old oak door. And he pulls open the door and immediately you're greeted with a wave of heat as you enter into the kitchen area. There are a couple of women running around, uh, cooking, baking, preparing meals. There's a large fire with a spit roast hanging over it. It is a proper medieval kitchen. There were large trestle tables, just, you know, made of solid, solid oak. Mm, and you can see in the surface score marks from cuts and burns and all sorts. They're well-used tables. They've been here for a long time. Mm. And I turn around to these two and say, ooh, that smells good. This, this brings back memories of home. <laughs> I'm just going to look at Ogvar and say, yeah. That must have been nice. It must have been a nice way to be brought up. Yes, we always used to sneak away into the kitchen and try and get extra little treats. <laughs> I think this, uh, this whole kitchen may be bigger than my, my father's workshop, in all fairness. Laura's just going to laugh at that. <laughs> right, well, I'm going to look around and soak in the scene. Yeah. Um, so Where's Andrew at this point? Is yeah. he still with he's us? He's with you. Um, okay. He's walked over to a cupboard and he's opened a cupboard he pulls out three towels he said if, if you would dry off because you have been walking in the rain and i would hate to have to get mary to polish the floors again that's oh. fine that's understandable yep. so i'm gonna just i am gonna tell myself over take my hat out sort of because the brim's got a bit of water on it just fill that up with the, like mop it up with the towel a bit oh. and just give myself a general Yep. Shake yes. my cloak a bit. And okay, so you all dry yourselves off and he indicates you to chuck the towels into a basket once you're finished. He goes, okay, so if you would follow me. And he leads you out of the kitchen. And you're very much, it's very much a servant's quarter area here. From the outside of this, it, it, it is a mansion. From the outside of this house, this bottom first layer, it's just made of stone. And you go through the door 
out of the kitchen and there's stone stairs you can see down the corridor there's more kind of stone walling you can see where tracks have been worn into the stone over time and the stones dip down and this is obviously a well-used servants quarters there are people kind of rushing about there's a couple of maids with laundry piled up in their arms this is well used and he leads you up a set of stairs towards the first level. Okay. Okay. That's well, right. So he leads you out and he starts leading you through the rest of the house. And there's an immediate change from when you've left the basement, what is effectively the basement, although it's the first floor. And you come out of these stairs and he opens the door at the top. And this door from the back, it looks like a rough wooden oaken door. He opens it up, you walk out. He shuts the door and the door from the front is this beautiful panelled piece of wood that's decorated with gold and it's, it's gorgeous. This whole house, it is dripping with gold, silver, it's encrusted with diamonds, jewels. This is a rich, rich owner. And all around the walls, it's all wood panelled. Uh, it, it's beautiful, basically. Yeah, yeah, well, this is rather... Definitely reminds me how much, uh, you know, some of this carpet is really quite exquisite. Uh, well, I uh, think the decor is extremely nice. Yes. Someone takes great pride over this, and somebody has also got a lot of money. The floor you're stood on is a polished, highly polished wooden floor to the point where you can almost see a reflection in it. And where you've come out, you've come out into an atrium of sorts. And in the middle of this room, there is a fountain an indoors fountain and there are two set of stairs sets of stairs and they form like a wishbone shape going up towards the next level and there's a large large almost like a chandelier above and it's got candles inside and there's all glass hanging around the edge of it reflecting light off it's gorgeous so he starts leading you up the stairs towards the top like the next floor and he opens up the door at the top and this is a big double door and it's got big wrought iron handles on it. He opens the door and he leads you in and you are greeted with a what almost looks like a reception room. There are leather sofas and chairs, there are low coffee tables made of solid oak and the room is it's painted red from kind of waist height upwards it's painted red and the bottom half is oak panelling and you are greeted with this first sight of Emmanuel Enoch Valentine. Is it one of these rooms with like lots of big portraits and things like that? Oh yes, there's large gilt frames and portraits. There's an absolutely gorgeous oil painting of uh, Judao Harbour. There's a lot of very expensive collector's items. There's bookshelves. And there's a ceiling all plasterwork, like you would expect in a... Oh yeah, it's, yeah. it's painted. The ceiling oh, is right. painted. Oh, okay. Very nice. right. It is... In frescoes and stuff? No frescoes on the wall, but the ceiling is painted with... Um, you, when you look up, you can recognise the Archangel Avacyn, the host of angels. They are... It's absolutely beautiful work, which has taken a master hours to complete. Okay, and what is Enoch, um, Emmanuel, doing at the moment? Is he... He is sat in a large... Have you ever seen a Victorian balloon chair? Yes. Yes. No. Okay, it, it's a large chair, and... It's got a massive back on it. The back curves round and it comes up into like uh, a, yeah. a circle over the top, like a half a hot air balloon, basically. Yeah, okay. He is reclined in a in a balloon chair and it is a velveteen and silver balloon chair. He's got his feet up on a small stool in front of him and he is stood there with 
half a leg of pig in one hand, grease dripping down his fingers, and a goblet of wine in the other. Okay, and is has he, he... Yeah, I was going to say, is he fat? Is he big? What's he, what does he look like? Yeah. So your first sight of Emmanuel Enoch Ballantyne, he is a large man. He has a florid face. Uh, his cheeks are rosy and kind of bulging. He has deep-set piggy eyes you know they're like kind of beady small eyes and you know he kind of squints at you between the rolls of fat on his cheeks and whatnot he is talking to a young serving girl who looks very hard done by and he's gesticulating wildly with this goblet of wine and you know this leg of pig and he has this massive belly he's clad in a whole host of different materials. You can see velvet, satin, silk, lace, all these expensive items which, you know, you couldn't ever really afford, dream of affording apart from maybe queuing in his youth. He is dripping with them. And they are all these nauseating colours. I mean, there's green next to pink, next to blue. He looks like a patchwork of colours. All the latest fashion trends you could imagine. He's displaying all of them. And all of these colours are somehow managing to clash with everything else in the nearby surroundings. <laughs> He's got short, stubby fingers. Obviously, they're thick, fatty fingers. And you can see that where the grease is dripping over his hands and this hand clutched around a goblet, all the lights and reflecting off of it, they are absolutely encrusted with rings, with massive, oversized um, ostentatious gems embedded on them you can just see the grease dripping off them and off his hand down his elbow into the cuffs and the ruffles on his arms Alora is trying hard at this point to keep her face fairly impassive Maybe as impassive as possible uh, has he noticed our presence yet? not yet okay. a will save yeah wisdom saving throw or will sorry yeah will okay that's a 21 all in yeah, you do a very good job of masking your emotions at this point. You're blank face. You're just, you know. Yeah, Elora feels a slight, uh, more than a slight, uh, well, just repulsion. Yeah. Towards this person, even though she's never spoken to him, there's just something about his whole demeanour, whole composure. She, no, she, she's going to try and stay composed, and try not to give herself away so as you're standing in this room you you can hear him obviously he's talking to this young servant girl and you feel so sorry for her the conversation is just not desirable he's going well you see the problem with you low-born cattle to this servant girl he is talking to her absolutely horrifically and you know it's i'm gonna turn because Kieran, you stood next to me. Presumably Kieran stood next to me. You all stood together, yeah. Right, I'm Andrew t- is also with you. I'm going to take half a step to- towards Kieran and I'm just going to whisper. I'm putting, my, I'm putting my hand to my face to try and just deflect any sound. Uh, and I'm just going to whisper, Orland, just stay quiet. Please just stay quiet. You feel a tap on your leg as one of the straps goes tap on your leg. Yeah, I know, but please just stay quiet. Okay. Okay, I'll uh, look at Andrew and um, see. Uh, do you need to introduce us? He inclines his head and smiles at you, and he gives that smile where you look at him and you think, yeah, you're used to kind of people's reactions to him. You're not the worst reaction, you could probably tell from this expression, but he's he's used to dealing with his lord. Okay. And Andrew goes, my lord, my lord, and... and 
Emmanuel, he's like, bleh, bleh, what? What? Bleh, what? What? Andrew, what? What is it? Who are these people? My lord, these are the adventurers who have answered the, uh, our request for aid in regard with the matter at the, at the, uh, the mercenary guild. Oh, well, bleh, bleh. well, bring them here then. Don't dilly-dally. I've got better things to be doing than dealing with them. Right, so, uh... He, so Andrew turns to you and he gives you a smile and he goes, I... And he very quietly goes, I, I do greatly apologise. I I must apologise for his behaviour, but I, I I plead with you to bear with it. Yes, well, hmm. And in a louder voice he goes, now if you would please follow me to greet the Lord. Right, I'll yep. step forward and follow mm. Andrew. Yeah, I'll follow Andrew as well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to walk forward uh, along with those and be muttering on this. Yeah. As, he, as, as you approach, you get this smell. You can smell. And it's not a smell of body odour like you might expect from such a man. Rotund. I wasn't going to say rotund, but just a, a man. Um, Jabba the Hutt. Pig. Um... <laughs> And you get this smell of heavy oils. So, first of all, first thing that hits you is the smell of roast pig. As he's waving this and it's wafting the smell around in the air. And then you kind of get the tinge of heady wine smell. And then you get hit with just oils. You can you can tell they've used scented or he uses scented oils heavily. And it is just a toxic combination. Everyone roll me a fortitude save. Be 11, all in frogbar. That'll be 16 for Kieran. I have got a potion of clear breath. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a 24 from Elora, all in. Okay. Elora, having, you know, already kind of schooled your face into this blank expression, you steal yourself even further and you just... There's no reaction as you get even closer. Kieran, you... You're, you, you smell it and you're like... Hmm, it's not pleasant at all. You maybe pull a slight face, but otherwise you're fine. Ogvar, you gag. I'll go with a... <laughs> just turn my head down slightly. And I can realise what I've done and just like... Just go, ooh, ooh. And then like, look at a painting on the wall. So Andrew, he he kind of gives you a knowing look and, he, he you know, he's already apologised. He can't really apologise much more for this. It, he, he can't really do anything about it. I'm just going to dart a glance to him and raise one eyebrow. He goes, Isabel, thank you for, for your, ser- your service. You may uh, return to your duties in the kitchen now. The young girl gives him a grateful nod and she scurries out of there. My lord, these are the adventurers. Uh, they have answered the summons for the job that we require doing. Obviously, I, I am introducing them to you as a formality. And at this point, Emmanuel starts off once again oh Andrew I know I can always trust you oh, can't trust anyone else around here all oh, the politics of this place oh. and he starts going off about the politics he goes oh well that lord you know that good for nothing mayor do good at helping these peasants who oh, are they don't deserve to live Laura's just going to stand there Laura's standing there and she's now just looking at her nails and picking at her nails and just examining her nails while he's waffling on yeah, because she doesn't really know what else to do. She feels like a bit of a spare part. Just yeah. He goes, oh well, well, where did you get this bunch of riffraff from? Can they do the job? Well, sir, I, I, I do believe they may be capable. But what are they doing here then? Get them on it. At this point, 
Andrew bows and he goes, if you would follow me, and he rather hastily leads you out of the room again. And as you leave, you can just hear him go, this uh, Emmanuel going, Wah! where's that servant gone? And he pulls on a cord, which you've noticed by his head, and the bell rings, and he goes, bring me more wine, wench! As Laura's walking away, she's she's got a back obviously facing the lord and um she's just imagining the bell cord going around his neck <laughs> at this stage and then imagining something pulling it really tight and what kind of gurgling it would actually make well kieran is walking and he goes that sort of thing should not be allowed i am i you know i come from wealth and Quite frankly, that is absolutely disgusting. I was just going to say under his breath, I think the pig might have smoked better when it was alive. If you ask me, it's just... <laughs> Laura's going to laugh. Uh, Andrew, at this point, he's leading you down. He goes, I, I must apologise. I'm ever so sorry. This is the reason why no one who lives in Junau, none of the adventurers will come to the estate to solve the problem. We've had this... It's not so much of a massive issue, but... It needs it needs sorting, and our gardener he he tends to the estate, and he's been unwell for the past month, and it really needs sorting out. But we haven't been able to get anyone to do it because nobody wants to work in this kind of atmosphere. You want us to do gardening? It's it's not so much gardening as because I'm not good with flowers. Yes, I'm not a floral um, kind of girl. Well, it's. I, you, you, you'll see what I mean when I, I'll take you there now. I was going to say, because, you know, as you can see, my, my skill set is more hitting things than nourishing things, so... Well, I'm not talking about planting roses here. Well, I don't like roses. Okay. Anyway, he leads you back down through the servants' quarters, and he leads you back into the kitchen, and he stops off, and he grabs a basket of... Um, he grabs a basket from one of the cooks, and he wanders outside, and... When you reach, when you walk outside, you can see that the rain has stopped. There's still dew hanging off everything, but he leads you round. And instead of leading you out the servants' entrance, he leads you round the edge of the house, round this gravel path, and he leads you round to the back. What what you can assume is the back of the mansion, and there are a large gardens. And everyone, roll me a spot check. That's a twenty all in from Alora. Yes. Not enough. Seven all in from Ogvar. And that's a 20 all in for Goon as well. Okay. Ogvar, you're a little distracted by, um, you know, the outer side of this house and walking on this gravel. You're, you're just a little bit distracted by everything else around you. The looking... size of the house and be like... Yeah. It's probably still feeling bilious, I would imagine. Yeah, you, yeah you're probably not feeling so great either. A bit of fresh air's helping, but you're taking some deep breaths there. <laughs> and... Kewin and Alora, you both spot. How much you go for? That's useful. You both spot in this garden several bushes. In fact, there are eight of them cut into the shape of various animals. They're topiary bushes, and they're quite. There are some quite big ones, and there's some smaller ones as well. Ah, do, do we? Are they all one type of animal or just different? They're various different types oh, okay. of animal. So, as you go around the corner, you spot these topiary bushes. What would you like to do? Well, I'm going to say to Andrew, um, oh, those are really 
They're, they're really quite good. Somebody's really good with a pair of, well, I don't know, scissors or clippers or something. They're, they're very decorative. Andrew smiles. And he indicates for you to walk onto the grass. Oh, I'll go onto the grass. Okay, you'll go onto okay, the grass. I'm going to walk onto the grass as well. Okay. Have I noticed this as well? Am I yeah, yeah, now? yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll walk onto the grass as well. As you step foot on the grass, you can roll me. Actually, no. No, you don't have to roll me anything. As you step foot onto the grass, these topiary bushes which you're looking at shiver. And as you look at them, they start to move. Do we all see this? You all see this. The tapery bushes start moving and they start charging towards you. That's uh, uh I'm look. just gonna put my hand on my axe. Uh, guys Guys, what the Andrew it's just what, what what is this about? And as you start kind of panicking, Andrew goes he whistles and they all come screeching to a halt. He goes, Enough! That's enough with you. Behave. Okay. Is somebody going to explain to me what's going on? And the smallest topiary bush, which is a direwolf, so it's the size of a horse. It's cut into the shape of a direwolf. That's the smallest one? It's the smallest one, yeah. It comes running over to Andrew and it puts out what you can only imagine is a tongue, but it's made out of leaves and it starts kind of rustling and licking at him. You can make me a knowledge nature. Okay. And you can make me a knowledge arcane. That is going to be a 20 all in, right. not that. Mm, I've got an 11 all in. Okay. You're looking at them and you can feel some kind of... This is obviously magical in some way, but you're not exactly sure. You've never seen this before. Ogva, you recognise these as... She says without having the name of the thing. Topiary Guardians. Uh, Andrew, would these be by any chance uh, Topiary Guardians? His face lights up as he looks at you. He goes, yes, indeed they are. They are, indeed. They're quite uh, quite boisterous, these ones, as well. Uh, unfortunately, they're in the need for a bit of a trim. And our usual guard, as I said, he's been out for a month. He's been ill and there hasn't been anyone to give them a bit of a trim and they're looking a bit spriggy. Oh, I see. I see now, yes. <laughs> that that uh, dire wolf does have rather butchy eyebrows. <laughs> Laura's laughing. Okay, he's got the scissors and he's going to go in first then. <laughs> Kewin, you were quite good at shaving things, weren't you, with oh. that long sword of yours? <laughs> yes, unfortunately, I no longer possess it. And oh. uh, uh, my flail might uh, cause more damage than uh, actually uh, trim. I've only got a dagger. Oh, that's all I have. But it's quite sharp and it's quite useful. But well, yes, we can give it a go. Well, yours, yes, yes. Apparently, Esther uh, said it would cut anything. Right. So I'm going to reach inside my backpack. All right. Wait a minute, I'm not done. Oh. So you recognise the Topiary Guardian as one of these? Wow. Oh, that's cool. That's oh, that's huge. Well, you see it? different ones, yes. Can you see the colour green? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I've, I, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So, just for the listeners, we'll just point out that Kieran, our paladin, Colin, is actually colourblind, which causes actually quite a bit of amusement on a number of occasions. So you can see these, they've got kind of um, their legs, where their legs make contact with the ground, they're, they are kind of short trunk, they're made of wood, and the rest of their body is made up of vast amounts of kind of foliage, leaf, it's quite bushy, and bits like... Um, on set on so the direwolf its its teeth are made out of sharp spikes of wood mm-hmm. as well. Uh, with your twenty in knowledge nature, you know that a topiary guardian is a shrub or bush sculpted into the shape of an animal and then animated by arcane magic. As much decoration as defence, these creatures guard the courtyards of kings and nobles, blending in seamlessly among ordinary hedge sculptures. The guardians spring to life only when an intruder enters the guardian. Garden? Gar- garden. Yeah, I can say, hey, it's, it's getting a bit uh, saucy from entering the garden. Whatever take your fancy. Yeah. <laughs> While seated at their table, a silent seller named Sato slides into the scene, and the party gains some gold. In a bid to earn some coin, Kewin, Elora and Ogvar commence a contract in the noble district, involving a spot of topiary trimming. Hi, Elora here. Although making this podcast is a total hoot, it still takes a mahoosive amount of effort and time to produce them. If you feel that you can spare a few coins to buy the crew an ale and some rations to keep the creative juices flowing and support what we do, although perhaps not Rowan as he's still looking a little on the chunky side just now, we would be eternally grateful. As a podcast supporter, we would give you a super duper shout out on the next episode for your amazing generosity. Oh, sorry, sorry, got to run. Looks like Rowan has got himself into a bit of mischief again. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Having you as a listener means everything to us. So, whichever streaming service you choose to listen to us with, please give us a like, subscribe and follow. We would love for you to join us on our Facebook or Twitter page, where you can catch up with all of our latest news. While you're waiting for the next episode of Secrets of the Silver City, why not pop over to our website, where you can read all of the information about this campaign from backstories to setting. All of the links are in the bio of this episode. Join us again next week for the next instalment. Thank you for listening.